Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Want to welcome in Doug Kazarian, host of ESPN's Daily Wager, joins us here on the show. Doug, welcome in, man. Uh, hope your, your tournament is going great so far. So we are gambling on one of your potential gambles over here, Doug. All right, you ready for this? Uh, Jimmy Cook and I, we've got um, uh, a vested interest on what you might do where you're leaning in the first half of the Utah State-Missouri game. So we know that you like the over for the full game. That's at 155.5 right now. First half is at 73. Are you looking over or under in Utah State-Missouri first half? Well, if I'm going to like the over for the game, I'm not going to try to thread the needle with an under in the first half. I would look to the over there. My concern is that Mountain West has just been terrible. They've lost nine straight now. In the, con- in the big dance after last night's loss by Nevada. So it's really hard to back a Mountain West team in a pick game. I really think the Aggies are a fun team to watch and all that good stuff, but you have to question the competition, even though the metrics kind of like them this year. Doug, I know you have a piece out as well on ESPN.com, but the main question I'm sure you've been getting the last couple of days is people have been filling out their bracket or getting their bets in early. Your favorite bets in the first day of action today – what do you like? Where are you really leaning at in terms of the full slate of games? Right. So on the column that you mentioned, uh, I had, I believe, eight plays. And my best bet on the show this morning is going on right now. It's the first game of the day, and that's West Virginia. Uh, minus two, two and a half. And so obviously things are going well. Maryland has not scored in about six minutes. So obviously that's preferable for, for that to continue. But, you know, they all, like, I like a lot of games today, more than I do tomorrow. But they're all, um, you know, I, I do like the San Diego State Aztecs minus the five. You know, even though I mentioned the struggles with the Mountain West, I just, uh, it's a little different when you're the best team and then also laying points. Uh, I don't think it's an inflated record, so to speak. Uh, I'm laying the points with Arizona. I think Princeton will be have a very tough time dealing with the seven-footers for Arizona. And I don't think this Tigers team is good like we've seen in previous Ivy League runs in the tournament. So I do like Princeton minus the two, or sorry, Arizona minus the two touchdowns. And then back to the short numbers, um, Arkansas against Illinois. I really like the Razorbacks here. Obviously, Brad Underwood's solid as a head coach, but I feel like the Illini kind of peaked early in the year and they've just been sort of running on fumes down the stretch. So I'm going to back Arkansas laying the short number. I think Eric Musselman's also a very good coach and gets this team rallying. I like Oral Roberts against Duke. I think the ACC is not good, and I think they are playing well, and they could make a run for sure. They, they look great, but it's also the ACC a down year for the conference. So uh, I would say, and then my favorite play outside of West Virginia is the under in the Northwestern Boise State game. We are looking at like 128. I, um, I really like the under. Both teams rank in the top 20 in adjusted defensive efficiency both offenses are like 80 or 100 so i think we see a very half court measured offensive game and hopefully not too many fouls at the end 
It's the best way to make an ugly game pretty, Doug, is taking the under 128 and being right, you know? And no one can buy a shot. It just makes it <laughs> glorious right there. How about the stay-away games between today and tomorrow? What are some of the games where you're like, ah, no thanks, I'll look for a better spot? You know, that's a really good question. I, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure because the, there's an angle on every game, right? So, because that's what the that's what the tournament is so special. Because we just watch conference tournaments, and sometimes teams are playing for the third time in the regular season, and then it's a familiar opponent if the coaches have been there a while, and it's you know back to back to back days you're playing as well. So it's a really different situation versus this foreign opponent, foreign environment, and just everything is so special. And so there's always an angle on every game. It just is. I, I understand, you know, there are games to stay away, but I, I think everything's case by case. Like, I have a pick in, like, every game. I, I just, you know, with the Kansas and Howard, like the, some of these one sixteen matchups, no opinion. No opinion on these 24-point spreads, these 22-point spreads. But outside of that, I mean, even Auburn-Iowa, which should be, a, you know, they're both major conference teams, both have issues, both have strengths. But this game's in Birmingham, and I like the crowd maybe getting and rattling Fran McCaffrey. So there's always an angle on a lot of these games. Um, but we don't need to play every game either because we have the bracket. So you already have rooting interest in every game. Doug, have you played or did you play any futures, either that you were riding since the start of the season or maybe that you played after Selection Sunday based on the draw? Yeah, you know, going into this tournament, there's a few that I like in terms of like the region odds. I have West Virginia 25 to 1 to win the region. I think they can really muck things up against Alabama. And if they disrupt them with their physicality, that could throw Alabama off because Alabama leads all major conference teams with three point attempts per game. So I think West Virginia is like a flyer. They could be this year's UNC coming from a really good conference as an eight or nine seed because they rack up losses. But those, a lot of those are quad one losses. So. Uh, they're battle-tested, things like that. And the Big 12 was so special this year. So I really like the idea of taking a, you know, one, a, a team on a really, really elite conference that you know, maybe just doesn't win every game. That's fine. But um, I even have a flyer on Penn State at 35-1 to 1 to win the region. No major conference team makes more threes than Penn State. So they're a fun team. They, knew, they know who they are. They can spread the floor and shoot the three. And they can make a run. Now, do I expect to cash those tickets? Of course not. But um, you know they're really they're really they're really fun. And then yeah. there's other teams like I think I think Marquette makes a run. I think Gonzaga can make a run. You know, pretty much what everyone says. But it's hard to find value in the one-way betting market. He's Doug Kazarian, host of ESPN's Daily Wager, joining us here on the Fan. There are so many different ways to bet on these games, Doug, as you well know, like first half totals, sides, player props. What typically is your go-to for the first couple of days of this tournament specifically? You know, it's a great question because if you've ever been in a Vegas sportsbook for the tournament, you'll understand there's some really fun like props where you can bet like like the 16 seeds. You can bet first to 10, first to 20 points. And the whole place is erupting. You get a few threes, and it's kind of fun to get plus money on some of those props. But for the most part, you know, it's really case by case. I'd love to say, like, oh, I typically like unders or whatever. It's just hard to say that. I think it's all case by case and, uh, you know, team dependent. Like, and it's hard to have, like I said, the Mountain West, right? You can't just fade them in every game because I think San Diego State's really good, but 
maybe the next tier of teams is not. So it's it's hard to just fade one conference. Like Duke could seriously go on a run. They're healthy. They're clicking. They're seventeen and one at full strength. So say what you want about the ACC, they could very easily be a quality team. So I, I don't want to make these blanket statements, but I will say remind everyone if you're going to bet the under in a game i would split up the units to the first half because the end of these games is the end of the season so Mm -hmm. teams are more likely to foul for no reason let's say a situation where you're down like eight with 30 seconds to go you're more likely to foul in a tournament game than you are at the end of a regular season game they may just let you dribble out and you know live to fight another day during the regular season but in the tournament it's your last game for the season you're fouling you're trying anything right so you could get some garbage points so those are things to keep in mind where there might be line value and circumstantial. But I don't have like a blanket rule or blanket approach like, oh, I love first half unders in the morning games or <laughs> fade. I mean, it's, it's very hard to have those narratives. Um, and some you could probably find some stats that make it convenient, but they're not always like battle tested. Doug, I know it doesn't tip until tomorrow, but from the local angle, Indiana and Kent State, the Hoosiers opened at five-and-a-half-point favorites on Selection Sunday. It's dropped from four and now back up to four-and-a-half. Do you have a play in that game? And if you don't, your evaluation of that matchup uh, between the Golden Flashes and the Hoosiers? Yeah, you know, I'm bummed because these are two teams I wanted to bet on in the big dance. I think Kent State got a raw deal. Like, I think the 13 seeds are good this year, uh, and I think the 14 seeds don't win a game. So that's just my opinion. I think there's a gap between the So I think Kent State's obviously, you know, Indiana is going to pose a lot of problems for Indiana. I like the Hoosiers a lot. I bet on them against Maryland in the conference tournament. I mean, you could make a case. They have two lottery picks. I mean, they're a, they're a solid team. I like what Mike Woodson's done. And obviously beating Purdue twice, you know, speaks volumes. I just wonder if this Kent State team just is really good and, you know, can win a, almost a coin flip game. You mentioned the line move. I mean, talking about a four seed that's minus four. I mean, that, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, just in another bracket, Tennessee is minus double digits. Right. So to have a four-point spread really puts into context just how tough that matchup is for IU. And I think Kent State's obviously a live dog. I'm not going to play the game. I think the number feels right, but there's a reason the flashes are, are where they are in this one. Doug, how big of an in-game better are you during the tournament? Do you like the live bets? And if you do... Is there a particular time in the game in general where you might be able to maximize your value? So it's a great question, and thank you for asking. I'm a big live better in all sports. I would say 90% of my action or so, 90-95 is on in-game betting um, because I think you know you can remove a lot of variables once the game starts. Uh, like, for example, West Virginia is laying 8.5 right now in this timeout. Now, Maryland hasn't scored in so long, but there's no way I would lay the 8.5. It's plus 8.5 or pass because teams make runs. West Virginia's polished, and you know we saw Arizona State yesterday take take a lead like this and extend it, and go and go running away and winning by twenty plus. So you can take teams and get extra points. It's just really funny if you think about it. You know, all game. You know, we were just talking about the Indiana uh, Kent State game all week. We're talking about a half point here and there. Ooh, four and a half versus four now up to five, and like one timeout, three minutes of basketball, the line's like seven. You know, so it's like we're splitting hairs for a half point here and there, and then all of a sudden. You get such line value, and obviously the algorithms incorporated it all, so it's really hard. But for me, in this kind of situation, like I was talking about foreign matchups and foreign situations, you can really see, like early on last night, you could tell Arizona State's athleticism was just jumping off the screen against Nevada. West Virginia is clearly the better team in this game. Now, Maryland just missed some shots, but Maryland 
should be able to get things going and make a run. I wouldn't take the eight and a half, but that would be the only side I would play it in this timeout. And it's just because West Virginia just looks ready. And that's some of the beauty of live wagering. You can just hear the eye test. Now, you, you don't want to do the gambler's paradox and say whatever you just saw, saw will continue. Like if you flip a coin three times in a row and it gets heads, you're still 50-50 on the next coin flip to be heads and tails. So you got to be careful with some of that. But for the most part, you can definitely see things as of better in watching the game and then in, in these matchups especially that you, you don't know that are so foreign and not expected. Doug Kazarian of ESPN and ESPN's The Daily Wager. Nice enough to take some time with us. Doug, I have a buddy that's out there in Vegas right now. Uh, obviously, you're out there every day. One of your perspective for people that are maybe itching to get out there for the first round of the tournament uh, in future March Madness events, where's your spot? Where, where do you love to watch tournament games? Where do you recommend for the best atmosphere people go watch tournament games in Vegas? Yeah, it's really a rite of passage for any basketball fan, let alone better, to come to Vegas for the opening weekend and be in the sports books. I would say they're all really good. And I'm not just saying that because they understand the importance of the, having elite flat screens and, and pictures and, and the setup and all the comps. and the, and the It's just an awesome atmosphere for anyone who just wants to soak in all the basketball. And I really think it's, you know, all these are really good. I mean, I mean there's no book that it's not conducive. Some are a little better than others, like, for example, some are better if it's just one game, right? If it's just one game like the Super Bowl or Final Four where you don't need multiple TVs. Some books are a little bit better than others. Um, but, you know, in terms of the multiple screens, they're all so advanced right now. They all know how to do it. They're, you know, you're not stuck on commercials. You get the sound for the right game on and things along those lines. So this is, uh, you know. It's a well-oiled machine out here for all these books. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doug, really appreciate the time, man. You crushed it as always, and uh, hope you enjoyed the tournament. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, thank you. There he is, Doug Kazarian, host of ESPN's Daily Wager. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Very pleased to welcome in Michael Lewis, Ball State University head basketball coach, joining us here. Coach, I actually went to Ball State. I'm a grad, and I haven't been there in forever, but everybody keeps telling me how nice the campus is right now. Like, major work over there? It's beautiful now? Why, why, why have you not made it back? I just haven't. Yeah, for one reason or the, the next, I just I haven't made my way back to campus for a long time now, Coach. Yeah, no, campus is good. I, you know, President Mearns is doing a lot of different things. And, and um, you know, we actually won a, won a few basketball games this season. So we got a little excitement going on on campus and across the state. So I think it would be a good time to get you back. Hey, I, I, you know, if you can score me a front row ticket, I'm there, Coach. Well, I could have, but I, they're a little harder to come by now. I think side uh, <laughs> seats have sold out already. So might have to put you uh, row two or three, but we'll try to squeeze you. <laughs> that works. That works. 
Coach, for your first season, 20-12 and 12 on the year, a strong performance across the board for your Cardinals. Uh, what are your major takeaways from your group? How proud of this group are you and proud of the way that you mentioned the campus and the alumni group and the community rallying around your boys? Well, I'm really proud of, you know, what, what those guys were able to accomplish. I think, you know, they, they won 20 games. And, you know, if, if um, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, I think a lot of people would have taken that. You get in the middle of it and you – you know, try to think you can probably squeeze 22, 23, and and uh, it just didn't happen. And um, but I'm I'm really proud of them for you know the the transition. Like change is not 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 easy on anybody, let alone young people. And and uh, they bought in from day one. They went out and performed. And you know, I think um, you know they they've got like I said the excitement about Ball State basketball back, um, not only here locally but across the state and and uh, restored a lot of pride and a lot of Ball State alumni. So that's something they can really be proud of. And I think they've laid a foundation for for where where we want to take this program and, and uh, you know, kind of reestablish, um, you know, some of that stuff uh, within the state and within our recruiting base. Um, you know, that Ball State is, is again, a, a place to go play basketball. Really curious, Coach, how you see IU's opponent tomorrow in Kent State. You split with Kent State this season. What do you see them doing really well? What do you see as their potential deficiencies? Well, they're a really good defensive team. You know, now, you know they, they get after you. Um, they'll get into the ball. They, uh, when you get in ball screen situations, they, they head you hard. And they bring two to the ball. Um, they zone up you know, very well behind it. Um, they're strong. They're not, you know, overly big. Like you know, coming from like a Big Ten school, um, they're they're not going to be the same size as a as a Big Ten school. But they're very strong, thick, um, you know, perimeter defenders. Um, they they uh, they struggle. They, they're one of their starters um, <clears throat> has got a broken hand. He's been out for about a month. Um, is one of their better shooters. I so I think. You know, have not having him out there hurts them a little bit. Uh, you know, puts another kind of—I wouldn't say a non-shooter, but not as not as efficient a shooter on the court. Um, on for them on offense, uh, they can struggle shooting the basketball. Uh, you know, sincere carries an excellent point. He was Player of the Year in the league a year ago. Um, was first team all league this year. Um, really good with the ball. Can get to the paint. Good mid-range game. Can finish at the rim. Uh, but I think shoots in the high twenties from three. Now he can get streaky and get hot, and he makes the big ones. But um, you know, I, I think just overall, uh, IU's depth um, will just just wear them down over the course of forty minutes. I think um, you know, is this can Kent State beat Indiana? Yes. You know, I, I think you know if you played ten times, can they beat them once or twice? Absolutely, they can do that. But I think. Um, overall, you know, I use depth, their size, um, and ability will just wear wear them down. I think if if you can attack them out of their ball screen coverage, uh, you can get them in some closeouts, some rotations, which is where we hurt them uh, in the second second game, and we were able to drive and get the ball to the paint off the off the bounce, and also by feeding the post, which you know IU can do. Uh, you can get them in some foul trouble, and there's just not a lot on that bench. And so, um, you know, I. You know, obviously, I'm gonna pull for the Hoosiers, but I, you know, even from a coaching standpoint, uh, I really like the Hoosiers in this game. Coach, you've been a part of some big runs in general throughout your coaching and playing career. When you talk about getting guys ready and and the players' mentality of getting ready for a game after a conference tournament finishes up, doesn't have to be just Indiana specific, but just overall, what goes into that on both sides of the coin, both as a coach and a player, getting your guys ready for the first round. 
But I think everybody gets rejuvenated. You know, the season is long. Like it, it's it's a long season, and, and you know it's really nonstop anymore. Um, but the, the season can be long. I think when you we get to this time of year, uh, and you you head to the NCAA tournament, it's what all these kids have dreamed about. You know, playing in. I think they get rejuvenated. Um, the the coaches, you know, they you know they one final push. You know, see what they can make out of it. They get re-energized I know the, the officials they get tired in February you see all the technicals and all this yeah. stuff and in February like those guys are re-energized and they're at, you have the best of the best um you know in this tournament just like you have the best teams and and I think just overall everybody just kind of goes to a di- to a, to another level for for one last last push and it's it's why it's the greatest tournament in the world coach you mentioned the uh the strength of Kent State, especially guarding the perimeter. Thick, I like that. How much do you think the on-ball pressure might affect Jalen hood Shafino in this matchup tomorrow? Well, I think, I think, he's, <clears throat> I think he's really improved. Um, you know, I, I got to watch, not, I wouldn't say a lot, but I've got to watch bits and pieces of, of several games and I think two or three where I was able to watch him beginning to end. Um, <clears throat> and I think he's really improved throughout the year and he's playing at a really high level right now. I think his size negates a lot of that stuff. I think he's he's going to be able to see over the the defense and 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 make the right pass and you know, if he can draw two and get rid of it and let these other guys attack behind um, or even get somebody else in a ball screen and then, you know, where he's kind of your release man where you know you got him in space where he's attacking uh, I think can really hurt uh, Kent State, but they're 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 a well coached, tough team. Like I, you know, I've told people like they're not going to be intimidated by Indiana. Like those dudes at Kent State, they don't care what's on your chest, you know. And and uh, you know that's that's kind of who they are and how they're made up. And they're going to come out there and compete. But I just think over the course of forty minutes, uh, Indiana's just got too much. Coach Michael Lewis of the Ball State Cardinals, nice enough to take some time with us here in the DriveHeber.com studios. Coach, another program that I know is near and dear to your heart as well in the UCLA Bruins and Coach Cronin out there. They draw UNC Asheville in the opener. I'm sure you've got to see some bits and pieces of UCLA as well. They've dealt with some injuries too down the stretch. How do you feel about the Bruins as a whole? Well, they, they keep me late, up late at night during the year <laughs> trying to catch a few few halves of those guys, but... Um, you know, I think I think they were playing the last month of the season. They were playing as well as anybody in the country. Uh, obviously, losing Jalen Clark is a big blow to them defensively. Uh, but the fortunate thing about being at a place like UCLA is you've got you know you got a McDonald's All American and a future pro and in Amari Bailey, you know, sitting there. And I think he's really stepped up his play um, since Jalen Clark has been out. You know, if if uh, Dem Bona is, is healthy, if that shoulder is okay. Um, you know he he's obviously a physical presence on the inside, especially from a defensive end. On the defensive end, um, you know I'm excited to watch him play. You know I you know like I feel like you know they're both teams are going to keep me up tonight or tonight tomorrow night for late for the late night games. But um, to be able to to pull for a program that that uh, you know I was able to to work for and still really attached to the staff and the players out there, and then obviously you know you're going to be pulling for for a place that you were able to represent. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool thing for to be able to do that in this tournament, and, and uh, hoping for the best for both programs. I find it so cool that you're a hoops junkie, coach. Right? Like you're not you know, looking for a, a respite or anything. You're all in watching tournament action and other teams. What are some things that you take well, away? It, it sucks. It sucks not being in this tournament. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, you know, like I, you know, you 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 play in it. You you know, then you you coach in it, and then you know, when when I was Stephen F. Austin, Eastern Illinois, and things like you, you kind of start taking that tournament for for 
you know, for granted and, and you get away from it and then you get back involved at Butler and then our runs and going to the final four at UCLA. Like, you know, like it's, <clears throat> you know, I tell people all the time, like I've been, been a part of a lot of games, player, coach, you know, and, and there's bits and pieces that you can remember about certain things, but, um, you know, a lot of it, especially over, I get a little, little foggy, right? But, you know, like I can, I can recall every, every game of the 23 NCAA tournament games I've been a part of. Like, it's just a, it's a different deal, man. It's, it's, um, it's the best thing going. Uh, it's, it's this time of year. Like this is, this is better than Christmas day, you know, but it, it really sucks. Um, you know, sitting in this chair, you're watching these things on TV instead of being a part of it. But it's, it's also what drives you to, to try to try to build a roster that you can hopefully um, get to compete in this thing again. Absolutely. I hear you loud and clear on that. How often do you find yourself watching other teams play and you, you're just picking up things and saying, I can utilize that, I can apply it to the team I'm coaching here? I, I like to do it. I, you know, I'll, I'll be watching film on the computer, and I'll have a, a college game or an NBA game on on TV, and you know, like you may pick up a you know a side out of bounds play or baseline out of bounds play or an action, you know, or, or something that you're watching um, may bring up a thought in your mind about something that'll work for for your team. It may not be exactly what you saw on TV, but just different things you can add um, to your program to constantly be trying to trying to get better. And I think. You know that's what hoops is, man. You're constantly stealing from from other people and and uh, trying to figure out what works best for your, for your team. And so, fortunately, I've I've been able to turn something that that I love, you know, watching and being a part of and doing. Uh, I've been able to turn it into a career. And, and um, you know, I just tell people, hey, man, it's it sure beats working. I know that. <laughs> there you go. I'm just curious. A couple of names off the top of your head, who are great coaches to steal from. Like steal knowledge, steal out of bounds plays, anything like that. Who would be at the top of your mind? Well, you can you can steal from everybody. I mean, like you know, Brad Stevens made a um, made a play famous from from stealing it from from Taylor University. You know, so and then now Brad gets credit for it, but it he stole it from Taylor University. You know, the money play from side out of bounds. He used it. You know, we ran it, and I call it Maui because the first time we ran it was was in the Maui Invitational. Um, and we executed a great, got a great shot, but we missed it. You know, and then he takes it to, to Boston, runs it in a playoff series, and now everybody calls it money or, you know, game or whatever that, you know, they got a name for it because it's their special play on sideline out of bounds. Now you got to come up with all these different actions to try to disguise the, the actual money shot of the, the action. But, um, you know, I, you can steal from everybody. Like I'm sitting here, um, I just saw Maryland run something that, that I, I love, you know, so just any game that you got. And sometimes it's just, you know, a, a play or some or a strategy that just kind of sparks an idea in, in your own head that you feel like you can use. But, um, you know, you can steal from everybody for, and from every level. Coach Lewis of the Ball State Cardinals taking some time with us. Coach, you mentioned being happy with the foundation that you set in year one. You know as well as anybody, college basketball and the life of a coach never stops. What's on the top of your checklist or areas that you want to continue to grow and improve and hit out of the gate in the offseason and when you guys start uh, first with player meetings as we get closer to next year? Well, I think we, like you said, we've established a, a solid foundation. You know, in the in the era of the transfer portal, um, you know, you're constantly looking um, – you know, you know, players and coaches have uh, availability to a lot of different options, and so we just we want to continue to build, a, put a quality product on the court that that people can get behind, and then we want to continue to grow that aspect of it. Um, you know, I think uh, we've got a lot of momentum going in our program and for our university that we can take advantage of um, to where we're you know we're competing at the top of the MAC 
year in and year out. You know, that's that's the drive to do this. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a different era as far as college basketball is concerned with all the transfer things. Um, and you got to navigate that the best way you can and put together a roster that that uh, your community, uh, both from a university uh, and a city component, that can get behind and, and get excited about what you're trying to do from a basketball standpoint. Hey, Coach, I just want to let you know that I'm not too needy over here. You know, I'll settle for like the 10th or 20th row for a Ball State <laughs> yeah. game. It's all good. You went on the end or the side, man. Like, we we, we can make it happen. Like that, that was really cool to see is, is people get behind this program. And, and uh, even, like, I think the last three or four games, they took a couple of the media tables um, off and replaced them with, with um, sideline seats, and they sold those out immediately. And the people that bought those wanted to re-up for next year already. And so, you know, those things are good. I think some sponsorship, you know, things are going at a different level and, and more demand. And, and all, it, it, it takes everybody to build a program. And, and so I hope that's what we uh, took the first step in doing this year um, is laying a foundation to where we can build a program um, that Ball State and the state of Indiana can be proud of. Well, hey, Michael, really appreciate the time today, man. Best of luck with your program going forward the next season. And hopefully we can catch up with you soon sometime. Sounds great, man. Anytime. All right, sounds good. There he is, Michael Lewis, Ball State University head basketball coach. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook here on the fan. I'm fired up here, Jimmy Cook. It's not just because the tournament is underway. It's because we're talking to the Fonz, yes. Fonzo Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst. Fonz, I'll tell you a quick story, buddy. So the last time I bumped into you, you were still playing at Notre Dame. I'm oh, from wow. South Bend. I don't remember. Are you really? Yeah, I am. That's where I'm from. And where'd you go to high school? LaSalle is where I went. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, you guys won a game. It might have been, my memory's very fuzzy. It might have been the NIT. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. And uh, we, we stormed the court. I literally went up to you and just kind of like smacked your chest, like, way to go, Fonz. <laughs> like that, that's the last time we bumped into each other, LaFonzo. How did I respond? Uh, you were just happy. I don't even know if you looked down. You were just like, "Yeah, Irish." You know, you yeah, were just yeah, yeah, yeah. you're happy about it. Yeah. Well, that last that last that last home win got us an opportunity to go to the Madison Square Garden to the Final Four, so we were pumped. That's very cool, man. What gets you pumped up the most about this year's NCAA tournament? The fact that my youngest son Walter Ellis, who plays for Grand Canyon University, has an opportunity to experience the NCAA tournament for the first time in his uh, five-year career. And, of course, they'll be playing against Gonzaga. So my bosses at ESPN allowed me to be able to fly here uh, to Denver. Of course, I'm, I'm on a work uh, enjoyment trip. Enjoyment from the standpoint is I'll get a chance to watch my boy play and his team at 735 tomorrow night. 
and uh, while at the same time watching all of the games in preparation for several sports center hits that I'll have to do as well. Fonz, obviously your son and Grand Canyon, they win their conference tournament. Obviously you get to soak that in as well. I'm sure that anything, obviously a father's always going to be proud of their sons and their accomplishment, but but what has this whole process been like in, in this ride over your son's career to this point? Oh, it's been it's been great. I, I tell them when he first, he graduated, he went to Bucknell, uh, graduated in three years from Bucknell. They were preseason picked number one in the conference his freshman year, and I think won their second year. But they ended up losing to Colgate in both years in the finals, and so yeah, obviously a bit of heartbreak there. And then his uh, final year there, his third season, they ended up losing at Boston University in the semifinals. And so the NCAA tournament has eluded him for four of his years and then all of a sudden in his final year at Grand Canyon uh, as a team who was picked number one in the preseason but our best player and preseason um, preseason player of the year uh, blew out his ACL in the middle part just as our conference play began and so that put us a little sideways and it took us a while to kind of find our legs uh, so to speak and so we ended up finishing fifth overall so obviously having to go into the WAC tournament and win all of our games to get to the tournament. And those guys, just a, I, I just enjoy seeing young people have to deal with the level of adversity and find a way uh, to make whatever that dream or goal is possible. And certainly for them, that was the case. They ended up beating the number one seed uh, in the uh, WAC tournament. And so it just speaks to how, how the maturity, the growth, the, the trust in the process, the trust in each other, the camaraderie that these guys have been able to develop through the course of a, a very challenging season. So I couldn't be more proud of the Grand Canyon Lopes. He's LaFonso Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst, joining us here on The Fan. I find it interesting, Fonz, where you look at Grand Canyon taking on Gonzaga – and it wasn't that long ago that Gonzaga was just fighting to be relevant. And the job that yes. Mark Few has done, if your Ooh. son in Grand Canyon take him down, that's beating a brand-named school if they're able to pull off that upset. Uh, there's no question about it. Mark Few has done a tremendous job over the last 20 years. And to your point, a school that didn't have any national relevance, it seems like every single year, especially since I've been at ESPN for the last 14, you know, we, we're talking about uh, not Gonzaga, an unknown quantity, but a known quantity. And the question has been, can they win the national title? And uh, he has another uh, really special team this year. I don't think they're as good as the last uh, three teams that they've had. But anytime you have Drew Timmy still out there on the floor, who's an absolute monster, you have an opportunity to win a lot of games. Nate Watson has been playing really well over the last four games. Uh, he plays the power forward or center spot, depending on where they have Drew Timmy out there on the floor. Uh, they they can shoot it. They don't play. They, they play fast, but not as fast as they have in the past. They don't shoot it as well as they have uh, the last three years. But they're still very very dangerous. And I think we saw had an opportunity to see St. Mary's beat them early in the year on St. Mary's floor. But you talk about the adjustments that Mark Few makes. He went to a three-quarter court press, uh, both in the uh, second game that they met and certainly in the in the final game of the WCC championship. And he did it really – when you put full-court pressure on, you do it to either force a team in the turnovers 
or to force a team to have to milk some clock so that they get the basketball over the floor with only 20 seconds on the clock. St. Mary's is one of those efficient teams that likes to grind you on long shot clock situations, then maybe take a shot uh, with five seconds on the clock. And that just speaks to his brilliance. And it took – Aiden Mahaney, one of the best freshmen in the country, the talented point guard, completely out of the game. And if Aiden Mahaney can't make shots for them, especially down the stretch, that St. Mary's, uh, they they don't win. And it it just speaks to uh, his brilliance. He's done a fantastic job with the Gonzaga program. Fonz, I'm sure you've obviously seen Grand Canyon the whole way, but you already mentioned kind of the scouting report on Gonzaga. We all love upsets. Obviously, you'd be thrilled if – your son Walter and company go ahead and pull the upset against the Bulldogs. What needs to happen on the Grand Canyon side? I know Seth always likes to talk of the art of the upset. What do you need to see from Grand Canyon for them to get that done? Yeah, we've got to take them out of their initial punch, their, their, their transition game. They're so good in transition because the, Drew Timmy sprints the middle of the floor and he stands right in front of the rim. And one of the, and that's one of the most difficult areas to defend on the floor because the defensive player has to make a decision. Are they going to front? Are they going to play inside or are they going to play in back? Most people play in back. And if Drew Timmy gets two feet in the paint, you can absolutely forget about it. And then when he, then the, what they do is what makes them different from most teams. Most teams who can't get a, uh early opportunity in their transition game, uh, they kind of reset. They don't. They go into what they call the flow game, which is all of these different options out of their initial push that they don't get. And so we got to be really alert on the weak side, keep them off the glass, make Drew Timmy have to make shots over uh, our center, Ivan Mudrago, because he's really good with his footwork and creating angles. If you make him score over the top, he has a difficult time. But if you let him get angles to the basket, uh, you, you can absolutely forget about it. So it first starts with the transition game, second D dealing with Drew Timmy, and then you kind of have to pick your poison in the half court, whether you want to double-team him. And if you double-team him, you got to do it on the first dribble. You can't allow him to get two, three dribbles and get two feet in the paint. And so if we can take away their transition game, neutralize, you can't stop him, but if you can neutralize Timmy and we can make shots the way we've been able to make shots, we have a chance. It's a fighting chance, but we have a chance. And yeah, we had the privilege. I had the privilege of being uh, the starting power forward on the first number eight seed to be the number one seed here in Denver, my old team. It would be absolutely incredible, an absolutely incredible family moment to see my youngest son then come back to Denver and knock off uh, one of the best teams in the country in the Gonzaga Bulldogs in the city that it happened for me for, uh, what, 28 years ago. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. How about this? Lafonso Lafonso Ellis joining us here, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. Which team do you ultimately like the most to win it all? And what's your level of confidence in that team considering how wide open this tournament seems to be? 
Yeah, it's, I've been pretty consistent with it since November. Alabama is the deepest, uh, most talented team in the country, and uh, Brandon Miller, six that he'll he'll be he'll be at least a top five pick in this year's NBA draft. Six nine, essentially a point guard, ability to be able to play in ball screen situations. You go under, he shoots over forty percent from the three point line. You chase him, he's got a nice mid range pull up game, or he gets to the basket and finishes with either hand around the rim. He's an excellent and willing passer, and so if you come and you cut him off, he's so good at coming to a two foot jump stop and making that extra pass. Noah Clowney, six ten, long, athletic, uh, power forward for them. Uh, he, he's kind of their unsung hero because they don't run offense for him necessarily. He rebounds, he blocks shots, he, he, he's able to switch and defend one through five. He can knock down open threes. Charles Bidiaco, a seven-foot center, uh, he's so good at defending the rim. Alabama gets a lot of credit for how well they scored, but people don't realize they're also one of the top 15 teams in terms of defensive efficiency as well. They shoot a lot of threes, make 11 made threes per game. The key for them is going to be uh, Ken Mark Sears, who the transfer from Ohio, who is an excellent deep ball shooter. He's just really struggled shooting the basketball over the last 10 games. If he makes shots, then they're, they're, they're almost unguardable. And, and so I've liked, I've, I've liked this Alabama team really from the end of November from the time that I saw them because they have so many different ways that they can beat you. And the fact that Javon Quinterly, who was injured in the NCAA tournament last year, is now back and fully healthy, shooting over 40% from the three-point line in conference play. Another playmaker, because in in conference play, in, in the NCAA tournament, you're going to run into those elite defensive teams that take you out of your offense. Now do you have enough players on the floor who can create one-on-one plays for themselves and their teammates? And Alabama has like three of them who can do that. And so I'm big on Alabama. The only concern I have is that they're young and will the inexperience play a factor in a big game it's possible but i don't see it because they've been through so much this season Fonz, we're going to talk to your cohort in seth greenberg tomorrow i'm wondering either a, a nugget either on a positive side of a nugget that we i'm not going to tell him we talked to you but something we could pass along to him so he'll know that we talked to you today whether it is something about his final four teams whether it's just any type of nugget about the tournament where he's going to know oh so you, you guys talked to Fonz yesterday Oh well, uh, the the, the no, it, it's it's really weird because of course he's coming at it from a coaching perspective, right. and I come at it from a player perspective. That he and I almost always agree, uh, and it happens all the time. So, uh, to your point, so let's say your producer hit us up last night and uh, independently and asked us what are the keys to an upcoming game. We almost always have the same. <laughs> we almost <laughs> always have the same response. It's just me coming at it from a player perspective and from a coaching perspective. And so sure enough, uh, most people don't know this, but the brackets that you all see publicized uh, from each of us, from Jay uh, Billis, from, from Seth to me, is because we don't own the rights to the tournament, CBS, of course, is doing the tournament reveal. Well, we're doing shows during that time, and we have to fill out our bracket like in five minutes. So we, we don't get a chance to think about it. We don't get a chance to you know <laughs> apply the fact that all of the information that we've accumulated about these teams, we have to just make it on the fly. Man. And so on the fly, Seth and I chose the same the <laughs> identical Final Four, and it's been consistent like that since we built each other. It's so weird. It's awesome. LaFonso, I just love that you're 
such an upbeat guy. I want to take it a different path over here. What ticks you off, LaFondra? There's got to be something. Is it you didn't use your turn signal, really? There's got to be something in your list of small annoyances in life. Well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy going. You know, I, I, everybody says that. I, I tell everybody, I think I, I'm a sinner, right? I think like everybody does. I just try not to say what I'm thinking. I try not, act, try not to act on, on, on what I'm thinking. But yeah, all of us has little. little I'd say uh, what could get me on edge is uh, any anyone that the great God has given to my care, whether it be family, friends, or a team. If someone crosses or or, mm. or threatens them, that can get me a little low, low, low on edge. And I think that's just naturally the gift that God's given me to be a protector of both my family, friends, and others who, who uh, have been entrusted to my care. Well, hey, LaFon, so you're the man. Really enjoyed uh, you popping on today for a, a few minutes, and I uh, hope you really enjoyed the tournament. And best of luck to your son, man. It's awesome that you get to be there and experience that in person. Oh, I'm so I'm so very grateful. My ESPN bosses are so generous, and I, I thank them for the opportunity to be able to come out and do it. Cool, man. We'll catch you down the road, LaFonso. Thanks, Fonz. Appreciate you guys having me on. Have a great day. You too. You too. LaFonso Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst.